The following program is sponsored by Marty McClendon and West Coast Windows. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. That is right. It is Saturday morning all across the ACN network. That's Eastern and Central Washington, Northern Idaho, parts of Oregon as well. This is Marty McClendon. I'm your host today of In My Opinion. I'm the host every Saturday morning um, across this network. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the rebroadcast. Um, For those that don't know, they can hear the podcast of this radio show um, on most of your um, podcasting sites like Anchor, like uh, Spotify and and iTunes and so forth. Uh, Just ask for, in my opinion, or look up In My Opinion by Marty McClendon and you'll find my show. You'll also find uh, the show I do with Doug Bassler, heard on these same stations at 10 o'clock every Saturday morning, called Doug and Marty versus the World. And I think today's program's really, really good, so you're going to enjoy it. Um, tune in to that, and then tell your friends about it as well. You can also reach me at MorningShowMarty at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, and I love to hear your feedback. Thank you very much. We'd like to uh, pray for you, uh, have show topics, or even guests. As we're in this election season, we're July. July. Can you believe that? Middle of July. The primary for the election season in 2023 is less than a month away. Just a couple weeks, and we're voting. So this is important, too. And I've brought this up many, many times in the past. The people that vote in the primary, which is about a quarter of those that vote in the general, decide who's going to be on the general ballot. Oftentimes, there's multiple candidates, especially in next year, in 2024, you may have through three, four, five candidates to choose from, and you may have a favorite candidate, and you're surprised when they don't make it through to the general election. Well, it's because the voters in the primary are the ones that narrow it down to the final two. And in Washington State, it's a top two state, so vote in the primary. Your vote carries a lot more weight, because once again, if you're uh, a much smaller percentage of the voters deciding, uh, therefore your vote carries more weight than normally would in the general election. So if you have a favorite candidate out there, please uh, make sure you turn your ballot in. In fact, your ballot should be in your mailbox pretty doggone soon So because it's two weeks out. So that's uh, just a little pitch there. As always, this show, we like to honor God first. We don't always do the best job at it, just like life. But we do our very best. Uh, And then today's verse, which I think is very appropriate since I talk about politics, I talk about religion, I talk about culture. I I come at this from a Christian perspective uh, and very political heavy, but I know it's not politics, it's civic engagement. Uh, It's the fact that God cares about this entire world and what affects the people in this world. We're supposed to love God with our whole heart whole strength and our whole soul and love our neighbor as ourselves. we can't do the second without doing the first and we can't do the second without being caring about the things that put them in burden that affects their way of life that affects their um their soul their spirit their body their physical and so forth and civic government does all that it touches all walks of life so that said today's verse is second chronicles chapter 7 Verse 14. I think it's one of the most um, popular scripture verses 
used by politicians or anybody else in the political arena um, that I know of. It's been often quoted even by Mike Pence and many others, but here it goes. It says, and if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek, crave, require as a necessity, my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. I love this verse. This is the Amplified, of course, the extra um, words. I'll take out the extra words now. And if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. A couple of promises here. The if-then statement. God says, if my people, that's us, that are called by his name, that have been adopted into his family, that received forgiveness through Christ, will humble ourselves, right, um, and pray and seek his face. Okay, so we're, we're supposed to humble, we're supposed to seek, we're supposed to turn from our wicked ways as a nation and personally. We do those three things, then God said, I'll hear you, I'll forgive you of your sins, and I will heal your land. Well, this land, um, this nation, this world, certainly needs healing. Um, I, I remember ye- years ago praying about the state of Washington. I'm not sure if many of you know that the state of Washington has great fruit, many um, um, revivals, if you will, outpourings of the Holy Spirit have happened. The presidential prayer breakfast started in a small group in, out of Seattle. Uh, there's some really a pioneering spirit um, there's a lot of really good fruit as far as churches and ministries and stuff that came out of the Washington State area. But also, Washington's one of the first states that, that had a pro-abortion law before Roe v. Wade even. Um, that, that One of the first states in the nation besides Colorado to legalize drugs, basically marijuana. Um, one of the first states in the nation to recognize and to legalize um, same-sex marriage. So I was praying one day, well, why is it just, it is so much evil, and why do things start here, and they seem to spread from here throughout the nation, uh, and then it, I really got this picture of this land, that the land is fertile, but whatever we sow into it, the seed we sow is the, what it gets, it get what blooms. When you think about legislatively, civically, culturally, and so forth, when righteousness, when prayer when uh, this um, Christian movement is sown into the ground, that's great harvest and great impact on the world. And when you sow into it wickedness, bad laws, uh, evil, then you get an abundance of evil that springs forth because the land is fertile. So it's it's really comes back to us humbling ourselves, turning from our wicked ways, um, seeking his face, and asking him to heal this land. The land is actually bountiful, but start sowing the good seed again. Because uh, even in Scripture, when he talks about the wheat and the tares growing up together and then separated at the, at the threshing floor, if you will. Well, the tares are overcoming the wheat, if you ask me, in Washington State and in this nation because we've allowed uh, people to have ill intent to get into um, primary places of power, whether it be in politics, in these bureaucracies, in our education system, in these um, 
powerful lobby groups, these unions, and so forth. And so we've got to push back. We've got to take back ground that we've we've uh, uh, given up, that we've exceeded, not exceeded, that we succeeded, if you will, whatever the word I'm looking for, where we've given up, we've abdicated the words I'm looking for, we've abdicated our role uh, when there's this lie has been pervasive throughout the church that Christians shouldn't be involved in civic engagement, civic government. When the very founding of this nation, um, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, all of them acknowledged, and Ben Franklin acknowledged the divine guidance, that the only reason this nation existed was the divine guidance, and then laid the foundations of even the, the Bill of Rights and the Constitution and the Declaration, knowing that our rights come from Almighty God. You know, that um, government is instituted to protect those rights, not to give or to take away, but to protect those rights. And, of course, we've, we've allowed that to get corrupted and overturned I mean, over, over the years to mean something completely different. We're talking about a Constitution's living and breathing document, but it's not. But our founding principles, even the first 13 colonies, colonies, before we declared our independence, before we were a fledgling nation, even then, it was a requirement based on their state documents that a person who held office, a representation, must be a person of a Christian faith, must be of high moral character. Why is that? Because we're at the table making decisions that affect all the people. There's been an onus that even um, back in the day that this constitution there's a quote there that says it's wholly unworkable, wholly undoable if we aren't a righteous or Christian nation. These Christian values are core to a healthy, vibrant, um, successful America, if you will. And so they've been stripped away and we've been told that they didn't exist and so forth and so forth. But this right here, we've got to restore and then take back. We've got to send the people that God's called into these arenas hold them accountable, but re-enter the places that we've abdicated to the enemy um, to start peeling back things that put burdens, unnecessary burdens on our neighbors that have caused crime to be rampant, that have caused um, wickedness to be promoted and to celebrate it, and that has allowed these groomers in classrooms next to our children. See, uh, once again, we're responsible. Repent, turn from our wicked ways, seek his face, and God will hear, forgive us of our, our sins, of abdicating, of um, letting go, if you will, or not uh, fulfilling our responsibility, and heal our land. I, I believe that, and as we're in election season, how important this is. So anyway, that's a long part of the honoring God, but I wanted to use that. Use that as a teaching, if you will. It's appropriate that this is the verse for today and for this week, is, is to, to think about this. We are his people. We are called by his name. You know, all too often when it says you die to self, that we must, in, we must decrease so he may increase, is what Paul said. So humble ourselves. Pray and seek um, his face. And then we do have wicked ways internally, personally, and, and uh, statewide, nationally, and so forth to um, turn from. So a return to God is what we're calling for. Excuse me, almost going to cough on your ear and the radio. That's not a good thing. Anyway, as we're talking today, there, there are a lot of stories out there. But uh, even in Doug, Doug and Marty versus the world heard later in today, that we talk about several of these. Much of what we see 
um, is, is to the point now where what we see with our own eyes in front of us, we're being told we don't see. Um, the things that they're telling us that is true are not true. It comes down to we can't believe what we're being told. Uh, and yet, and we can't believe our own eyes, which in many ways is called gaslighting. Um, when we know that the word of God is truth, that Jesus says he is the way, the truth, and life. That as Christians, as believers, there is an absolute truth. There is only one way to heaven, Jesus says. Only through Jesus do you get to the Father, right? This is an, uh, is absolute in contrast to the world where people pick and choose their own morality. People pick and choose what is right to them or what seems right to them. Um, the Bible talks about that, what people doing what they've seen right in their own eyes, uh, avoid or, or separated from any standard. God has laid the standard. That's why Jesus went to the cross because the standard was so high. It's perfection. We all fall short, it says, of, of the glory. Uh, and But yet we're being, all our, our kids and our grandkids are in deep danger um, from the media, from um, the uh, social media, if you will, from their peers, from the systems in place. Um, we've heard a lot about systemic racism. There's systemic uh, intention to dumb down, to groom, to... Um, facilitate new voters um, that keep certain people in power. It's corrupt. It is a mess. But I'm, I'm not saying it's dark. I mean, obviously, we are supposed to shine brighter the darker it gets. And I believe God's going to do something because he's going to do something through us. That's why he's going to move in many of us to action. Anyway, I say this to um, on the national level. Um, we're being uh, all we're seeing on the news is cocaine, 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 and apparently now there's marijuana in the White House, but they're not going to investigate it because you know they narrowed it down to 500 um, possible suspects, which we know there's probably just one. It, this is all distraction. What's really going on? Well, they're spending more money for Ukraine. They're, um, Biden is proposing spending taxpayer dollars to expand Obamacare, right? Which is the Affordable Care Act, which is the one that drives people um, fewer choices, higher costs, and so forth, were sold this, this boondockle that and you know 20 million Americans weren't covered. Well, now Biden wants to cover all illegal immigrants um, with free health care. Now, um, it was sold to us as a, an affordable option for those that didn't have it, and yet many of us who had health care through our employers or or buying ourselves, lost our health care coverage. So we know that that was a lie during the Obama administration. And we know that Biden tried to buy off students by forgiving their student loan, and then the Supreme Court said, no, that you can't do that. Uh, and so, you know, it's a campaign promise, but they know that they're in trouble, the left and, and, and the Biden administration. This is another attempt, though, when the estimated numbers are over 20 million, that's bigger than most states, uh, most, you know, that of uh, people, a lot of states, I should say, not most states, but like Texas, 30 some million, Florida, 30 million, but California, but it's a large, large state, bigger than, than Wyoming, bigger than Washington by far, bigger than Oregon, probably Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, all those combined aren't that many people. So think about that for a second. Um, but uh, approximately 20 million illegal immigrants that are here that, that, came across the border illegally, may have been here for years, um, providing taxpayer-funded 
and meaning you and I would be paying for it, free health care. You and I don't get free health care. I'm paying an arm and a leg for my health care for my family. Uh, and that's just part of the thing we do to make sure that they have insurance, which, well, won't get me started on that. I'm sure you are as well. Um, but you're not promised free health care or free housing, uh, and you obey the law. So the lawbreakers, I don't, and there are many good reasons why people come here because this is the land of the free, and there's, you know, they only uh, allow a million a year to legally come to the system. Yeah, we have some problems in the immigration. We can clean it up. And they do uh, literally hundreds of thousands of H-1B visas, which means they bring in um, immigrants from other countries that have the skills we need uh, for certain jobs. That's why you see so many from India in the tech industry. Uh, and so you're like, okay, we have a shortage of people that with this uh, computer programming back, uh, background. So why aren't we focused on our kids going into that versus teaching them equity and gender studies and so forth? Because once again... It, is it about strengthening America, strengthening our kids, making our kids more competitive in the world economy, or is it making us weaker so that we can be overtaken by a, a system that is anti-God, communist, if you will? There's a mess. So we're being distracted again from, from the evil that's being perpetrated upon the American people. So I'm just encouraging you not to be distracted too much. Yes, uh, we, we all know that this uh, cocaine and, and marijuana, you have to shake your head. Um, it, first of all, why is it there? Okay. Probably because of the, everything else is there. This is a, uh, this administration had the transgender men with the fake breasts out there with them exposed and, and laughing about it. This is the administration that, um, pushes, um, all of the stuff on our kids, uh, about, and that protects pedophiles and human trafficking and that kind of stuff. Uh, it is real evil we're dealing with. Interesting things, though. So I want to talk about Washington state politics for a second. Uh, I saw a post the other day. Someone asked about uh, the mainstream Republicans in Washington state. Uh, I don't want to go too far deep in the woods, but you have the Washington state Republican Party. The party itself, the the structure, the state party, the county parties, uh, and the county parties are basically the ruling, uh, if you will. You have the state party, which has a chairman uh, and a budget, that basically raises money so they can get the messaging out statewide. And they organize um, um, groups of people to door knock, to um, survey, to, to get the pulse of the community. And occasionally there'll be a pass through for money to be donated to the state to give to certain candidates. Okay, roll the state. Uh, and they're elected by the county representatives. So the counties all have a party chair. Uh, committee woman, committee man, and so forth, and they have officers. And they typically send two to three officers from each county, so 39 counties, send their members to the state. King County has more because it's, it's the largest county. Um, and then they vote for the uh, statewide chair. And there's an election coming up because the current statewide chair, Caleb Heimlich, is uh, stepping down after six years, I think it is, and he's been actually serving as the political director, executive director, and so forth before that under Kirby Wilbur. So he's been there for a while. Young man, the youngest in uh, history as far as the uh, uh, being a state chair. <clears throat> and whether you agree with him or not, okay, he's done the job. Now it's time for somebody new. He may be running for office, may have another opportunity. These things happen. 
Um, Jim Walsh is one of the candidates. He's a, you know, we've had him on the show very, uh, several times on this show and the other show. Um, very uh, hardworking, conservative uh, state representative. I think he'd be a, a fantastic state chair. And that said, uh, once again, um, state chair is elected by the PCO or the um, county leadership that is sent from the counties to uh, a state thing. And, they, and basically, they set policy. They endorse candidates that are run statewide, like gubernatorial next year. Uh, and, the, and they set sort of the, the party platform. Every couple of years, they establish and edit and so forth what we believe as a party. Okay, good deal. Then at the county level, you have um, same thing. You have the local PCOs electing um, the county chair, vice chair, state committee woman, state committee man, and so forth. So in every county, 39 times. The PCOs, the precinct committee officers, are elected by the people. Uh, Republicans in your neighborhood, um, every two years they're on the ballot, uh, and you get to either run for that or elect those. So you, when you elect them on your ballot, they represent the Republican Party in your neighborhood. They go and they get to elect county leadership, and then county leadership elects state um, voters to elect state leadership. Kind of That's kind of the... The big thing. So, uh, in general, though, um, these are all the behind the scenes. So they organize volunteers. They get the vote out for local candidates, county candidates, statewide candidates. Um, they're working uh, to get the um, events and so forth. They're the worker bees and the volunteers to pass on information and to um, uh, rally the troops, if you will. Then you have the money side of things. Uh, you have um, the lobby groups that are that are the business work groups, the trade groups, the union groups, and so forth that um, raise money um, through different avenues to donate through the, uh, the Democrat lobby and the Republican lobby, if you will, for certain candidates. So that's that's where most of the funding comes. And then you have sort of like uh, ancillary groups like the mainstream Republicans. I say that because the mainstream Republicans are is a club. It's a group. It's a uh, organization uh, around an idea that they support um, fiscally conservative candidates, um, but um, that aren't socially conservative. And so it's a very mainstream, moderate, if you will, um, viewpoint, very King County-centric, if you will. Um, so, But they, in many cases, pull the strings of the party, not because they're involved with the PCOs, not because they're involved in the elective process, not because any of that. It's because they have the purse strings that they donate through the uh, Republican House Caucus, the Senate Caucus, the state party, and they basically direct those funds to the candidates that they approve of. And so they say money is the milk of politics. It truly is. So you have a, a, a sort of, and I would um, say in many ways, many of these groups like Black Lives Matter on the left uh, are funded by Soros-linked organizations. Basically, his money is funding these groups uh, to pull on the strings even though he's not personally involved in these things. Okay, uh, Mainstream Republicans, same kind of thing for the Republican Party. They are a necessary ally because they have resources and funding. Uh, and yet they're not a part of the process. So oftentimes that's why you have a conflict between the party platform of what we believe 
and what those that you've elected as Republicans to represent you at the county and state level with what actually gets elected or gets done because the money is behind um, those that believe something that may be a little bit different or a lot different in certain areas. We've got to change that. Until the party can actually raise money where they don't need the money of groups like that or lobby groups, they're indebted, if you will, um, to fund certain candidates or issues that they all agree on. So it, it's, it's, it's weird how much money and influence pays, plays a role in Washington State. In fact, I'm sure national politics as well. Um, billions and millions of dollars. I remember my race in 2018 um, for just state Senate, um, where I ended up on the losing end by 104 votes after multiple recounts. Um, there was like $6 million spent in that race um, between lobby groups um, for me and against me. It was, I mean, there was every other ad was, you know, an attack ad or a pro ad or whatever. It was almost nauseating how much money was spent. And um, that's kind of where it is. That's why we have to be engaged in civic engagement so that money doesn't have as big a role in politics that um, we're active, that we're at the table already to, um, to bring the light, the truth, a Christian perspective to the conversation. Okay. I say all that I'm, I, as I'm long-winded today, talk about the gubernatorial race next year. Uh, it's already in play. Um, we had multiple candidates. We had Sammy Bird. We had Raul Garcia and others that had declared. Um, and then we had this rumor of Dave Reichert. Dave Reichert, the former sheriff of, of King County, former congressman in the 8th Congressional, uh, stepped down a couple years ago um, to supposedly retire, um, is now back and has now officially entered the race. And this, the same mainstream Republicans and most of the counties have rallied around Dave Reichert already supporting him. Simi Bird's been out early. Simi Bird's been, uh, he's very, a very good speaker. He'd be a great governor. Um, and it's interesting to see how this is developing. Um, but the money and the resources are already rallying behind Dave Reichert. Now, in many ways, Dave Riker, it's a great candidate. He's, he's already proven he can win office. He's held office in very blue uh, King County. He's uh, held office in a swing district in the 8th when he, in Congress. Uh, he is boldly conservative in his views. He's a Christian. Um, he's got strong on law and order, which we certainly need in Washington State. Um, he is very adept in the public arena. He knows how to speak, talk, all that kind of stuff. So and there's nothing, I'm not going to bash Dave Riker. I think he'd be an excellent governor and much far better than um, the alternative, which would be Bob Ferguson or Hillary Franz or any of that radical woke stuff that would be dangerous for Washington. Um, but I'm curious now, as we enter into, we're basically a year out from the gubernatorial uh, primary election a year from now in August of 2024, and I don't want to split. I remember Rob McKenna, who had the same sort of like sachet, not quite as much as Dave Riker, but still had been attorney general, was popular in King County, was uh, popular with most conservatives. He was a little bit moderate, but still. And then you had Sharam Hadian, which is a good friend of mine as well, a conservative, pastor, Iranian uh, uh, descent. 
conservatives uh, went for her strom. The uh, the the mainstream, if you went, went for uh, McKenna. McKenna eventually prevailed in the primary, uh, but lost in the general to uh, Jay Inslee. I think the the primary hurt him, and I and I I think like I said, I like Sammy. I think he'd be a great governor, but I'm afraid that um, these two in the race. Um, they better decide pretty soon. And apparently they're going to. Apparently the state party is going to decide next March or um, the, about who they're going to get behind, March or April, whatever it is, in the convention. And I think that's good. Um, that gives them almost another six, I don't know, almost a year or eight months to campaign and for the winner to be cl- a, a clear um, right choice for us. I'm assuming that's going to be right here, but who knows? Uh, it's going to be very interesting, but we have two good choices. We should get behind them earlier, the better, and, um, and elect a Republican governor in the state of Washington, knowing that, unfortunately, um, when you have all these forces co- uh, coalescing, that there's things to be beholden. But he seems to be a strong enough uh, elected official and candidate that that may not be an issue, but that's an even more reason not only to get one of them elected, but to have more of you and I serving in office to make sure we are a voice to hold them accountable and to, to stay the course uh, to bring Washington State back to its former glory to start sowing the seeds of righteousness again to be openly Christian, and that's my wish. And to uh, start sowing and, and passing legislation that overturns this wickedness and protects our children. Well, that is my preachy moment for the day. I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. This has been In My Opinion. I'm your host, Marty McClendon. And I will speak to you all next week, all across the ACN network. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty.